Once more, welcome and greetings from Elfie's World, a place where we, well, we try to bring you a little fun, pique your interest, and maybe, maybe even give you an opportunity to learn a thing or two about history. I'm really glad you decided to join us today. My name's Elfie Wolfram, and I hope you enjoy our presentation. Today, we're going to be presenting another program in our collection of stories entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, these are true stories which have, yeah, they've either been totally overlooked or sometimes not given quite the attention they deserve by the gurus of history. We're going we're gonna to leave it to you to decide why they've been sometimes neglected in the annals of history, okay? Now, this program, which is number four in our weekly series, is entitled America's Original Minute Woman. So, kick back, relax and enjoy. If I were to ask you, who were the Minutemen of the American Revolutionary War? Well, you'd probably know the answer. They were civilian colonists who independently organized to form well-prepared militia companies. They were ready to respond to the advancements of British militia forces at a moment's notice. Hence, their name, Minutemen. But what if I were to ask you who were the Minute Women of the American Revolutionary War? Yes, there were indeed Minute Women. You've never heard of this gallant band of patriots? Well, here is the story of one of them. Her name was Prudence Cummins. She was born on November 26, 1740, in Dunstable, Massachusetts. Now, in those days, there were two political parties in the colonies. The Whigs, who favored independence from England, and the Tories, who, on the other hand, were loyal to the crown. Prudence was reared in a home with divided loyalties. Her two brothers were loyal Tories who pledged their allegiance to the British. On the other hand, as unrest and revolutionary sentiments disseminated amongst the colonists, Prudence found herself on the side of the Patriots, and thus a Whig. In 1761, Prudence married David Wright, a stalwart Whig and avid supporter of independence. Ultimately, they would have 11 children. Prudence and her new husband decided to settle in Pepperell, Massachusetts, hoping it would be a, well, a peaceful place to raise a family. However, the town of Pepperell would be far from peaceful. It was loyal to the revolutionary cause to its core. Unlike many colonial towns of the day, no Tory could be found within its borders. Now, when the women of Pepperell heard of the event which would ultimately become known as the Boston Tea Party, they gathered up all the tea in the town and burned it in the front of the meeting house. 
The citizens of Pepperell soon became indispensable leaders for the cause of liberty. David, along with other patriotic Pepperell men, responded to the war's first shots at Lexington and Concord by marching to a nearby town to intercept advancing British troops. But how did Prudence and the rest of the women of Pepperell respond to the growing insurrection which would become known as the American Revolutionary War? Did they patiently stay at home and merely keep the home fires burning? Well... Now, the good women of Pepperell did much more than merely cook, clean, and keep the home fires burning. Prudence spearheaded a novel and ingenious venture for women left at home, an all-female militia. Prudence and her all-women home guard did indeed make their presence known. After dubbing themselves the uh, Minute Women, Prudence was elected the militia's captain. Dressed in their husband's clothes, these militant ladies armed themselves with anything, anything at all that would serve as a weapon against the British. Now, their concern was quite real. It was known that the road from Boston, which ran right through the village of Pepperell, ultimately led to Canada. It was often used by British messengers to deliver what Prudence and her group deemed treasonable material. These messages were often sent by British military in Boston to their counterparts in Canada. While there are conflicting stories as to the details of what happened, there is little doubt that those determined women took action. As told by their grandchildren in 1899 interviews, here is the story of the exploits of those gallant ladies. Hearing there may be Tory spies approaching their town from the north, in April of 1775, they armed themselves with everything, everything from muskets to pitchforks. Then, in the dark of the night, those stalwart women marched on the Jewett's Bridge, which crossed the Nashua River. It was one of the few entrances into their town from the north. Upon reaching the bridge, the uh, Prudence Right Guard, as they were called, waited silently in total darkness, carefully shielding the light of their lantern. As there were no homes or or buildings in the area near the bridge, they concealed themselves among the trees. Finally, two horsemen approached from the north. With surprise on their side, Prudence and her well-armed band of ladies sprang forward, shining their lantern brightly on the approaching horsemen. They demanded to know the identity of the two riders and what business they had being out that late at night. Ironically, one of the horsemen was none other than Prudence's Tory brother, Samuel. 
Knowing how deeply committed his sister was to the revolutionary cause, Samuel immediately turned his horse and fled for his life. That would be the last time Prudence would ever see her brother, a loss she would grieve for the rest of her life. The other writer was a Tory and British officer named Leonard Whiting. <laughs> With a confidence which seemed to be inbred in all British officers, Whiting ignored their demands to halt and attempted to push his way through. I mean, after all, no mere handful of colonial women could halt the appointed task of one of His Majesty's finest officers. Oh, wow! Was he wrong? Those men and women unceremoniously dragged him from his horse and proceeded to search him. They soon found important dispatches which he was to have conveyed to his British superiors. Those papers never were delivered and thus were never able to aid the loyalist cause. Then, Instead of releasing him, Prudence and her merry band of women militia took that British officer to Solomon Rogers' tavern. Now, while Whiting was forced to sit and watch, the good ladies of Prudence Right Guard proceeded to indulge in a sumptuous supper. Once they had sated themselves thoroughly, they proceeded to lock up Whiting in a back storeroom where he was kept prisoner for the remainder of the evening. The following morning, he was turned over to the local committee of safety. Now, ultimately, Leonard Whiting was put on trial in Amherst on a charge of, quote, being inimical to the rights and liberties of the United Colonies. During the trial, there was no evidence presented that he ever took part in any actual fighting in the war for independence. It was finally decided the only treason he committed was the result of his actions as a soldier being loyal to his government. As a result, he was set free. After the war, Leonard Whiting settled in Cavendish, Vermont, where he spent the remainder of his life as a respected and influential citizen. As for David and Prudence Wright, they stayed active for the cause of liberty to the end of the war. Prudence and her all-women militia remained ready to serve whenever called. Their oldest son even served in the Revolutionary Army. After living a few years with their daughter and her husband in Groton, David and Prudence returned to spend their final days in their beloved Pepperell. Church records show that David Wright died in 1819 at the age of 93. And his valiant wife, Prudence, captain of her Minute Woman Militia, passed away in 1823 at the age of 84. Now, if you ever visit Pepperell, Massachusetts, be certain to stop by the Jewett's Bridge. 
though the original bridge was torn down in 1963, it was replaced with a quaint covered bridge on the same location only a year later. Close by, you'll find a marker which reads, Near this spot, a party of patriotic women under the leadership of Mrs. David Wright of Pepperell in 1875 captured Leonard Whiting, a Tory who was carrying treasonable dispatches to the enemy at Boston. <laughs> wow, what a fitting remembrance for not only Prudence Wright, but all the women who bravely took a stand for liberty by a bridge one dark and lonely night, a stand that was amazing and patriotically true. Well, there you have it. That was program number four, entitled America's Original Minute Women, part of our weekly series entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, every week, we will be presenting for your enjoyment and edification a brand new audio story from our collection of Amazing But True Tales from History. Now, some of these stories come from our book entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More. Now, as a listener to this program, you are entitled to purchase autographed copies of our original book at half the publisher's list price of $13.95 or a mere $7 per book. And that includes shipping and handling. For more information, merely go to elfiesworld.com. That's A-L-F-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D, elfiesworld.com, and click on Elfie the Writer for more information. And now, I would like to thank the following for helping to make this program possible. First, Garrett Wolfram, our technical producer and supervisor, the late Irene Wolfram, principal editor and provider of Sage Council, expert publishing for their help in editing and publishing our book. Lucas Ganza Anna Waltz for the Parlor Guitar Magic Set. Herbert Bolin for his Piano Mood Happy Four. Ninad Simic for Piano Transition. And finally, the thousands of readers who have supported our efforts from the beginning. If you would like to hear previously broadcast episodes of Elfie's Amazing But True Tales, please go to our website, which is elfiesworld.com. That's A-L-F-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D, elfiesworld.com. Then click on Elfie the Podcast and select the desired program by name and number. Once again, Hey, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your being here. We hope that you will join us again next week for another exciting adventure of Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. And until next time, remember, not only can the reading and studying of history be fun and exciting, but also... By studying the past, we can sometimes get insight 
into our future. This has been Elfie Wolfram reminding you to, well, stay well and stay safe.